Hello, you're listening to a special edition of the Evoke Ag podcast recorded at Evoke Ag 2023 in Adelaide. I'm your host, Martin Cudahy. During this series, we'll bring you some fly-on-the-wall conversations from our cornerstone event, Evoke Ag, with some of the thought leaders and changemakers in attendance, as well as some of our favourite panel discussions and conversations. Have you ever heard of the concept of a digital twin? In this episode, we're hearing from one of the co-founders of Agronomy, a business that created the first 3D views of landscapes across Australia for a variety of purposes. As an entrepreneur in the purest sense of the word, CEO Stu Adam has a background in journalism and admits he was more into surfing than agriculture. But perhaps it's his ability to adapt that's seen him revolutionise aerial mapping. He spoke to our contributor, Jane Cudahy. Agronomy is a technology that creates a really detailed benchmark and baseline of an entire farming system. So what we do is we fly planes um, with really detailed laser sensors on the bottom of those planes to scan, effectively do like a really detailed MRI of the, the entire farming system. So we can tell you the height of every single tree. We can tell you the form of the landscape or the topography uh, detail that then you can start to lean into and understand about water flow um, patterns across a landscape. Uh, you can understand how the, the state of vegetation and having a clear understanding of vegetation can lend itself to being useful for biodiversity monitoring or um, that same vegetation data being useful for our animal welfare, for distance to shade, uh, carbon, erosion management, all these things. If you can create this really detailed map from the outset, the opportunities to ask questions of that data are virtually endless depending on what you want to ask it oh my gosh so there's a lot to unpack there which we will do (laughs) i just want to understand a little bit more about you so do you come from an ag background how did this come about no i was more into surfing than i was into agriculture (laughs) in my youth that kind of guy so this is interesting okay yeah yeah, um so i was uh, uh my background is in journalism and media um, I started my career. My first ever job was answering the phone for John Laws. Oh, and uh, yeah, I could see how days. data planes had come out yeah, of that. Yeah, Absolutely. so then <laughs> that's the end of that conversation. That's yeah. just a natural progression. Yeah. Uh, no, I was uh, at the time of starting the business or taking the step into this um, this business um, as a co-founder was um, I was working at Fox Sports and I was doing a lot of the production work, creative production and you know new and innovative ideas around um, you know what sports production looked like. And um, at the time, they were looking at using drones in live broadcast. And my business partner, Tim Howe, uh, my co-founder, is a commercial airline pilot, uh, and he was actually looking at the use of drones at the time. And I said to um, – and I was on the edge of, Can we, is there a business here? Can we do something? Um, and uh, I overheard a conversation around – um, their ambition to use drones for live broadcast. And I said, don't find a company, I'll start a company. Um, and very quickly, I realized that I'd made a terrible mistake uh, when we started the business. Uh, that culminated in me um, being down in my jocks, fishing a drone out that had, of the river that had come out of the air while we're on live broadcast. Oh my it goodness. was, yeah, it was, it was a tough, tough little journey and it wasn't and too brutal. long. Like media is really brutal. If you're going to pick any industry to start, yeah. you know, experimenting with these kind of things yeah. in media would not yeah. be the first one to do no, it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> we had some unique technical capability. We had connections to agriculture. Um, and the idea of, you know, going beyond just a pretty picture for that technology and using it as, as a tool. Um, we're not a drone company. It was just at the time that was a, a vehicle to capture the data that was going to be relevant for a farmer. We didn't know that. Yeah, but, but then I guess drones seem a natural progression to go and do that work, but you're using commercial planes. So what's, yeah. what's the difference? 
I thought we were going into drones and out of planes, not the other way around. Yeah, well, I, I guess we can use drones. I'm, I'm, we're a data agnostic. I mean, I, I, I've said since day one when we got into the drone business, we were never a drone company. No. Um, I use the line, if we could put a sensor on a duck and control the duck, <laughs> I'll take the duck, right? Um, and it was just horses for courses. We can't cover a million hectares in the middle of the country with a drone right now. And um, the team that we've, we've moved really out of the data capture space. So if you look at it through the lens of capture the data, analyze the data, deliver the data. We've moved away from you know capture being a part of our business and we work with the experts in the space to make sure that they're going to do that or they do their job well and we make sure that that data you know meets certain requirements for us to make sure there is no ceiling of limitation. It's not like, oh, it's a little bit dodgy so all the vegetation data is a bit cooked. It's like it has to be a certain standard and once it's through that standard, away you go. So if the data exists, there's no point in us recreating that data. We'll take data off the shelf. Um, in a lot of instances, it doesn't, so we'll then go and task a plane. Um, and if we're going to do a farm, we may as well do a catchment to start to scale up and create that, that broader footprint and give that um, that opportunity to more farmers and, and not be kind of confined to you know, farm by farm, trying to go catchment by catchment um, is the approach. And to do that, we need planes, we need good sensors, we need good people that are experts in that space, and that's where we've landed from you know away from the drones uh, and more into manned aircraft and working with the, the pros to to get the data in a way that yeah lets us do our thing actually uh, a friend of mine um, she's one of three sisters the Barlow sisters um, out near Narromine um, and at the, each of their weddings that I went to there was a, a guy that I connected with uh, uh, his name's Craig Davies he happened to be the, the mayor of Narromine and he got wind on the third of the, the girls weddings um, lucky there were three then <laughs> yeah yeah he got wind of what we were doing with drones in um, his yeah understood the value proposition out in, in his neck of the woods, which was irrigated cotton country out past um, out past Dubbo. Uh, and we literally just went and put a card behind the bar uh, and Craig organised some growers and agronomists to come in the room. I said, this is what the technology looks like. This is what it can do in terms of its capability around capturing imagery. Uh, what's your problem to the farmer? And that was always our approach. Not coming from agriculture meant that we really had to immerse ourselves in what is the need rather than building something in a dark room and then coming out and saying, ta-da, here's yeah. a product. But also that level of consultancy is so special at that at that yeah. point. Like, you yeah. know, as you say, you don't want to come in and have the solution when you haven't spoken to them. But yeah. it, you, you come in with an eyes wide open approach yeah. as well. You haven't yeah. got any preconceived notions, which is awesome yeah that was a massive benefit um and then the naivety of not knowing what you're actually getting into in some instances is also helpful for a startup um and yeah they told us that they were having trouble with understanding variability within their their cotton crops uh, and we were able to build a business around their needs which was at a particular time in the cycle they needed an image or a, a map of their their cotton crop that could show them the variability uh, and then we built some technology that could take that map and put it into a variable rate machine for, you know, application of nutrients or of the um, uh, growth regulators or picks or whatever it might be for that particular use case. Um, we watched a drone fly the equivalent of Sydney to Perth and back. I saw drones fall out of the sky. I saw them attacked by birds. I saw data come down. You know, you watch a, a drone fly for two hours and come down and the sensor had failed. That happened many times. Um, it sounds expensive. Yeah, expensive in sort of dollars, but yeah, expensive in emotion. But it was in that process of appreciating that there was a, a, a greater opportunity in in this space when it came to detailed 
data at a farming landscape scale. So go beyond the crop and into the entire farming system. Um, and in that process of, of getting the business basically up on its feet and, you know, being viable, we had partnerships with cotton grower services through New South Wales. We were working with vineyards in New South Wales and, and South Australia. And then the, the drought, you know, really got its teeth into, to ag on the, on the East Coast. Um, and they didn't need us to tell them what was wrong. Um, no. There was nothing in the ground. Mm-hmm. But it was through that process of appreciating the potential value in that data um, or high-resolution imagery that was detailed. Um, and it was that then a step into, well, if we're in this catastrophic drought, this is going to be a problem ongoing and water use efficiency is a problem. If we can map the entire farm and then predict how water is likely to move across it, can we help farmers better understand water use efficiency projects, where to put a dam, how to manage erosion, all of these things that are fundamentally around improving landscapes? Um, and then we went and took the idea to CSIRO, uh, and they had some existing technology and they opened up their, their farm at Burua, the, the research station there. Uh, we mapped it in its entirety, in detail, um, using a drone at the time, created a 3D model of the farm, run the water flow prediction algorithm across it. You could see the, the really detailed, you know, nuances within the way that the water moved. And then doors after that moment have just opened and opened and opened. So, um, taking that, that view from, you know, capturing data time and time again to capture a single data set in really great detail and then ask lots of questions of that data. Um, and that's what we've built now is a, it's, we've defined it as ag twin. This is the, the product and it's a digital twin for agriculture. Um, and through that, that product, you're able to integrate satellite imagery and soil sensors. So not only do you have this really rich model of the farm and an appreciation of what the landscape is like and, you know, what does that do in terms of driving, um, risk factors or opportunities, but then pipe in dynamic data so you can see how the farm is then responding to a decision that you've made through greater clarity and confidence because you've got all the context and the detail there to make that decision. Holy dooly, that's amazing. So with with the farmers that you're working with, like you've talked a, few, a bit about some of the bodies that you've been working with, but I'm assuming, you know, the farms come into that. What kind of longevity, like how long have you been working with these farmers and have you been able to really notice patterns? Like what kind of feedback are you getting from them? Yeah, it's an interesting journey in the fact that we're able to put this this data in front of them and then their eyes are now open to some of the questions that they can ask they haven't been able to ask otherwise. And it's not about coming in and saying, Here, here's a way that you need to you know completely transform the way you think, but it's around giving um, farmers and landholders the really key ingredients to help them make those decisions. And when the, you know, while we're here for Evoke Ag is to understand where technology and agriculture intersects and what are the reasons and the opportunities for for um, agriculture and technology to come together to solve problems. And things like natural capital are evolving in front of our eyes and, you know, looking at the way that water is managed, how you can affect erosion control across the landscape. Um, so, Answering your question, uh, we've had farmers in Queensland, for example, use a single data set, uh, our data set to um, identify opportunities to do irrigated cotton um, within the landscape in a way that is really efficient, move as little dirt as possible, don't disrupt the natural environment, use that same data set to do erosion control that also um, rehydrates a wetland. So not only do you get the production benefit, but how can you take that and get uh, a grant to do the work because you can clearly articulate the value proposition to the environment or a green loan that are now coming um, coming um, online for farmers um, and then get the benefit via an environmental credential that can then feed the supply chain in a way that has integrity attached to it. That same data set has been used um, in high integrity uh, HIR carbon credit um, projects as well. 
uh, in Tasmania, we've done identification of uh, endangered bird habitat, um, so wedge-tailed eagle habitats across the landscape. We know that they like, you know, northeast-facing slopes above 10 degrees. They like trees above 20 meters. You just ask questions of the data, and then you can create these um, these insights that will then direct you inside of this kind of black box of biodiversity into, okay, this is now a wedge-tailed eagle project, and that is recognized into the supply chain in a way that people are climbing over themselves to get that in their supply chain. Want to hear more about the opportunities for agriculture in Australia? Save the date for Evoke 2024 in Perth, Western Australia, on the 20th and 21st of February 2024. Tickets will go on sale mid this year. Sign up for event updates and fresh stories about global leaders, farmers, startups and innovators driving collaborative change. You've just stretched across Queensland, you know, New South Wales, Tasmania, doing all these different things. What's been surprising for you personally? What's what's surprising for you? Like when you now know all about cotton and you can talk about natural capital and you can talk about, you know, wedge-tailed eagles in Tasmania. So for you personally, what's been interesting about all of this? You can find out more about any of our conversations on our website, evokeag.com. Make sure to join us in Brisbane for Australia's premier agri-food innovation event, Evoke Ag, presented by AgriFutures Australia on February 18 and 19, 2025. Um, I guess the... um the really interesting piece is an appreciation of the fact that the farmers themselves really need to be put at the centre of the discussion. And I've been quite surprised at, you know, at a corporate level, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things and a lot of ambition. But when it comes to, okay, well, what's next? It doesn't seem to have a clear understanding. We're making these claims without having an appreciation of what those claims actually entail in a lot of ways. Um, or and involved. Or involved. So it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's a, it's, top down rather than enabling bottom up and for farmers to engage in this it it doesn't need to be a stick it can be a carrot in a way that natural capital and production can be a mutually inclusive thing and it can be not just production for you know getting as much out of the land as possible in this next season but you know um protecting you know the future state of your business because you're proactive in this um in this realm and i think that maybe the the surprising thing has been um you know people wanting a silver bullet you know that those silver bullets don't exist and it does encourage technologies to you know just over engineer or overstate the the capabilities sometimes and i guess um i mean it's kind of human nature in a lot of ways as well to want to solve for that very simply but that oversimplification there has to be an understanding that this isn't a simple challenge and what are the the elements that have to come together to be more than just the sum of their parts so I don't know whether that's surprising, but it's kind of just, for me, an interesting observation in the way that this whole space is evolving. But, yeah, that's, that's watch this space, you know, <laughs> well, like, exactly. what does tomorrow bring? And I was going to say, if I asked you that question in another six months, 12 months, you're going to give me a completely different answer, I'm sure. I want to go back to something that we were talking about um, 
before we started recording um, that you alluded to about, you know, three years ago when you were at Evoke in, in Melbourne and, and you had agronomy and it was, you know, a concept really then um, and you weren't really sure, you were telling me that you weren't really sure of, of what it was going to be part of and now here it's so cemented and you're part of a solution with, say, natural capital that yep. you didn't imagine then. So can you just talk a little bit about how that's evolved um, in just with the process? Yeah, so I guess, you know, when we went around to, you know, that shift from the more you know, crop analysis work, um, I mean, we started that in 2015, so it took us a couple of years to figure out <laughs> that we needed to go in another well, direction. We crashing the drains. Yeah, yeah, yeah that never stopped happening. <laughs> um, then into, you know, where we started and the, the need to look at water flow for, you know, production gains and now an appreciation of the, the potential and the opportunity is more around how to be as efficient with natural environments and landscapes as possible without compromising production, but actually leaning into that through the lens of greater production outcomes as well. Um, you know, three years ago at Evoke, the natural capital was, you know, people you know, question you. What do you mean? Like, what it wasn't that, a part of the program. Yeah. It wasn't a, and now it's just wall to wall. Like it's natural capital and the role of natural capital within agriculture, not because it's something that farmers are, you know, not already doing, but because the market is recognizing as valuable because those claims exist. So there's people that are on the hook to actually come up with, um, you know, verifiable high integrity outcomes. And the farmers are at the center of the opportunity and, and the farmers should see it as a great opportunity in my, in my eyes. Um, and I guess that, you know, from where we were three years ago at Evoke to what we've presented, um, over the last couple of days here, um, in Adelaide and the comprehension of, of what we're doing for the people that are coming by our, our stand at Startup Alley is, is really encouraging and, and a, it's great to be at the centre of where we found ourselves. Uh, you know, I could could lie to you and say, I, was like, I knew that natural capital was going to be yeah, thing. Yeah, we're going to build this digital, <laughs> digital twin and told you so. Um, but it was you know, just one foot in front of the other and understanding that there was this, um, you know, this space that was coming for us and it wasn't in the outset around natural capital, but it was more fundamentally improving landscapes for production benefit. And that's still at Agronomy, that's that's what we're trying to achieve is fundamentally improve landscapes for the benefit of production. It just so happens now that you will get reward and there's an opportunity to lean into that um, that story that you're generating around natural capital that can also, you know, future-proof your business. So um, as the world is coming to need to put rubber on the road. We're beyond, you know, I've kind of last year and the year before was, you know, a lot of talking about what we're doing, I think, in this space and from what we've seen over the last couple of days, 2023 and beyond is about action. Um, so being able to partner with people that recognize that value and create that action. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great couple of days. And I think that it's only, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's a lot of smoke. There's so, a lot of smoke. Yeah. But I did want to ask you, speaking of partners, is is the investment by Canva? Mm-hmm. And that would have been – where did that come from? Like, did you have that conversation? Did it come from left field? Like, tell us about it. Yeah. No, it came from left field. So, that, that um, project I was talking about earlier with the, you know, the irrigated cotton and the erosion and the carbon project, that farm, there was a shared business connection. There was a, an accountant that was working across a property up in, um, in Queensland that was also working on um, Cam and Lisa's farm in Tasmania. Um, and the accountant was trying to, you know, put natural capital on the balance sheet of this property in Queensland. And Cam and Lisa are very passionate about, you know, what that means, you know, Lisa's wedge tail 
Um, Trust the Tasmanians yep. to be on top of that. Yep. That just sounds perfectly natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are actually customers before they were investors. Amazing. Um, which is a really good um, yeah, seal of approval on the, on the product. Um, and, you know, Lisa and Cam's passion around, you know, being able to enable, you know, value and value natural capital, value nature in a way that is recognized by the landholder and they're at the center of this opportunity. Um, they, you know, it didn't, it wasn't an easy um, sell. It wasn't, you know, okay, here's all the money you need. No, they were, they were, they did their due diligence. We worked really closely with them. We asked all that they asked a heap of questions of us, of the data. And it took a long time before we went to, you know, customers to investors. Uh, and now we're collaborators in a lot of different projects that we're doing on their property down in Tasmania on some of the projects that, that leases, um, trying to get off the ground via Wedgetail. So yeah, that was just a, you know, we got the right farm. Um, and that was the, the start of the connection through to those guys as well. So, yeah, and, and I guess that's how it goes really, isn't it? You can do all of the, the expos and the connections and everything that you want, but yeah. sometimes it just comes down to luck. But what's that experience been like for you? And, you know, to be able to, to really build those connections and build a business and, and know that it has come you know, from, from your own idea. Yeah, it's, it's really satisfying. Um, it's really exciting. Um, it's quite humbling. Um, exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's overwhelming thinking about what has to happen to fulfill that vision as well. Um, but trying not to overthink it, be confident in the process and trust the process. Just put one foot in front of the other. Trust your gut. Um, well, I say to, you know, our team, the message and the, the kind of the culture is we're here to take part, not take over. We need to build long-term relationships. We need to recognize others that are in that same space that we can come together to work together to produce the outcome that is for the farmer. Cause if it's not for the farmer, um, and why it's not around here? their land, mm-hmm. then why are you here? It's not about you. It's not about your technology. It's about the farmer. So how do we solve for the farmer's needs? And those needs are obviously closely related to, you know, the bank or the, the broker or the brand that they're dealing with. Um, when it comes to natural capital, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's, it's funny. Someone said to me the other day, if, if you knew what you knew now, would you do it? And I was like, probably not. You yeah. know, like naivety, like I said at the start was part of the superpower. Um, and yeah, you kind of look back after what, eight years now and think, wow, this is, this is super exciting. I, I'm very, um, I, Certainly don't take it for granted for where the business has got to, but it has come through hard work and putting your head down and, you know, the highs is, aren't as high as they used to be in the early days, but that means the lows aren't as low as they used to be either, right? Like, you <laughs> don't all, think, it's all relative. I'm not going to walk through one door and this is the end, we've made it, it's all done. It's like, wake up tomorrow, the sun comes up, keep working, keep your head down, solve the problem, trust the process, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of just been the approach. What's the actual um, growth? Like, you know, you talked about a few of the farms that you've been doing work on, but how many clients and, and how many, you know, um, farms have you been working with? Yeah, so in terms of the actual farmers through the platform, um, well, we can talk about the, the number of hectares. Yeah. Um, so in New South Wales, there's a bit over 2.5 million hectares that we've mapped. Um, up in Northern Territory, there's a, a few hundred thousand hectares that we've been working with through the... Um, the NT Farmers Association, Simone Cameron, and, and the work that those guys are doing as a group up up in the north has been fantastic. Um, the Hovels Creek Landcare Group, we've been working with them recently uh, via some future drought fund grant opportunities that have turned on a, a catchment scale um, data capture. Uh, we're doing some, which I could say a little bit more, but we're doing some statewide captures as well. Um, 
towards the south of the country. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, um, which hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more about soon. But that is really exciting to be able to turn on an entire state to show what's possible and then be able to um, more efficiently connect with others to make that technology or that solution scalable on top of what we're creating because that is really we kind of see ourselves as an operating system for digital ag to exist in a really um integrated you know operational way so yeah that the the list of farmers is growing and the list of use cases we're really focused on users and use cases in the next little while to clearly articulate that value proposition because it does take time for those value propositions to come through the cycle of ag as well so um recognizing that we're not trying to you know give you something and then tomorrow it changes your whole life it's about growing into the technology and the and the opportunity but yeah overall there's yeah near on three million hectares um you know another um, you know six million hectares coming online there's one project we're doing in the center of the country which is a million hectares and that's two farms so yeah it kind of yeah we're all relative they're all relative so what, what's next you know we were talking about the fact that three years ago we probably weren't talking about natural capital but you know we're here, we're now, we're talking about it, we're going to evolve into the next thing. What, yeah. Where do you see it going? Well, we need farmers to really be the ones to run at this opportunity full bore and um, at the moment I don't blame them for being hesitant in their approach to some of this. It's They're farmers, they want to farm, they, you know, carbon projects sometimes look like a, a black box to them you know you talk to farmers and you know they think it sounds like magic beans their words not mine we, we can try and educate them and help them and I think it's risky to think that we can overstate this from a farmer's perspective have those early adopters get burnt and then you know be detrimental in that kind of that growth cycle of this opportunity so being measured being very clear and upfront under promise and over deliver into farmers and i think that will give them the confidence that they need to be able to lean into it they'll be able to then you know have clear understandings of how that benefits their business because at the moment they're producers we need to you know increase production and if we can pitch the technology or position the technology to be production first but do it in a way that makes it mutually inclusive to building natural capital build and grow via natural capital but do it because it's it's good business uh, and and those clear and obvious use cases are going to be absolutely critical and I think we can get it right um, we're certainly working as hard as we can to get it right and do it from the bottom up to help the farmer uh, and position the farmer in the right way give them control, empower the farmer. If we can do that in the right way uh, and give them the, the tools that they need to to build that story, to build natural capital, not because it's going to be a carbon project that's going to give them you know, millions of magic beans. If that's an opportunity to, to generate a good solid revenue that's reliable and it has integrity, great, um, but do it for the right reasons and make sure that the technology is positioned in, in exactly that fashion. Yeah. Stu, thank you so much for your time and, and coming on the Evoke Ag podcast today. Yeah. All the best with Agronomai. It's going to be great, amazing to see what you come up with. Well, awesome, Jane. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more fascinating interviews with speakers, presenters and innovators from the Evoke Ag 2023 event on our website, evokeag.com. Or look for the podcast on your favourite podcast app. 